You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. I'm going to share a word from the Lord for you about inheritance. And it actually is not just about your inheritance. It's about Jesus's inheritance. It's about your inheritance. And it's about causing others to step into their inheritance. I've been journaling since the beginning of the year and every page, nearly every page, I've been writing, I cause people to step into their inheritance. So a lot of days, where are we? The end of February? A lot of days. <laughs> I've been saying, I cause people to step into their inheritance. How can I do that? Because I'm in pursuit of stepping into it myself. And what freely I have been given, and freely what I receive, freely I will give away. That's what we do in Christ. Okay, so a couple funny jokes for you really fast. It helps, right? It helps. It helps connect the words. The kids are in here. They might think it's funny. They might just be like, that's ridiculous. Okay, so talking about inheritance. I just inherited a dairy farm. I don't like it, but I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. That's, that's, everybody get it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, the next joke's going to lead me into something that's going to get more serious about inheritance. I recently inherited an antique set of loaded dice from my grandfather. They used to belong to Al Capone himself. And so the kids, for that you don't know, he's a bad gangster. Bad gangster. And here's the, here's the line. In other words, I've been spending most of our lives living in a gangster's pair of dice. Okay. For the oldies in the room, who knows what song I'm talking about? Before I read the joke, I went and like listened to the song again. It's actually a clean song. There's no, there's no bad language, okay? But it's funny. So then I was like, I've been living most of my life in a gangster pit. Well, that ain't even the melody, whatever. I'm not a rapper, okay? But here's, here's what I want to say about it, though. Here's what I want to say about it, is that about inheritance, really quick, I want to lead you into a, a tale of two kingdoms, literally talking about gangster, which might surprise you. So we're going to go from what was a gangster paradise, false, right, into actual paradise, (laughs) where we're actually called to. And so this is a personal journey, actually, is where some of this starts for me. Um, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you a dream, a gangster dream I had, legit. Before I did release any of this, I said to the Lord, I said, what on earth? But listen, I had this gangster dream a few years ago. And when I went to an Andrew Walkback Ministers Conference, Jesse Duplantis was there. This was a couple years ago. And man, if he didn't start getting up and talking about gangster at the Andrew Walkback Ministers Conference, and I was like, I know what you're saying. I, I, maybe I was the only person in the room that was like super relating to gangster, but I, but I was. And so I, it, was, it was actually sinking something so deep within me of what the Lord has brought me out of. And so I was just grabbing a hold of it. And what I watched in Jesse was a man who was raised by lies, gangster lies. I'm gonna talk about what gangsters are in a minute, about gangster lies. And then he allowed the Lord to take the strength that was in him and turn it all for the kingdom of God to see great things happen. There's a rawness to Jesse. There's a high faith and there's a, let's get it. But instead of him having a posture of, I'm gonna grab it and take it, like as if something is owed him by the world, regardless of who it hurts, he moved into a posture of, I receive from you, Lord. And what I receive from you, I will pour out how you tell me to into your kingdom. It's an extreme posture switch. So you guys might relate to some of this, that we've gone through some posture change when we come into a rightful inheritance in Jesus. There's a fake narrative. (laughs) 
There's a false narrative. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say that. There's a false narrative and there's a fake narrative. So just listen to these couple things the Lord was telling me. What does a gangster do? AKA the enemy's kingdom. Gangsters organize people by brainwashing them to believe the only way they will have anything in their lives is to take it by force, regardless of who is left hurting and without. Somebody wins and somebody loses. That's what a gangster does. Here's what God's kingdom does in reverse of that. He made a way for us to step into the more with Jesus and help others do the same, and everybody wins. Okay? Here's the next thing. There's four I'm going to give you. What gangsters do? They operate by breaking the law and recognizing no authority but their own. Right? They recognize no authority but their own. Here's what God does in that. He fulfilled the law, and Jesus gave us true authority through the blood of Jesus. It is not our own authority we operate in, but the authority in Jesus' name given to us. This is why we sing even this morning, Jesus. I'm going to shout, Jesus. It is not on our own. It's the true God-given authority because of what Jesus did is how we now operate. And gangsters just try to do it on their own. The enemy is powerless. It's a fake narrative when he tries to tell you that you can do it on your own. It doesn't last long. And you get chewed up and spit out along the way. And the Lord was even ministering to me about um, this, just this morning about trauma and things that come into people's lives. And this is how the enemy can, can twist um, a self-preservation that will go on in a fake power is that trauma will come into people's lives and they'll be victimized by it. And then from there, like a fake kind of strength ugh, and anger even, People who deal with anger and anger begins to rise up. I dealt with anger. And anger begins to rise up saying no more. But it's actually in your own strength. And so then what you do is you turn around and you pray, P-R-E-Y, on people. Out of hurt. This is strong when I'm telling you. But it's, it's right. Okay? It's like we don't have to do that. We get to come to a full healing in the Lord. We get to have true authority and true power in Jesus' name. We get to be healed and whole, and we get to step forward helping others walk into healness and wholeness. We do not have to self-preserve. We do not have to remain victims. We do not have to prey on people. Right? That's how people even turn from like when you watch the, the most roughest things that people have turned into in their adult life. How did they get there? Someone did that to them. So that's where we, the people of God, have the compassion of the Lord. We begin to set people free. That we don't have to be there. We don't have to stay in that place anymore. Here's another thing a gangster does. They only serve self. This is what God's kingdom does. He teaches us to serve others in the same way that Jesus served us. It's good. That's the good side. Amen? Okay, one more. Um, gangsters, here we go. They have no value for life. In fact, they get rid of you when you are no longer useful by ending your life. They think you're a threat to them. You're gone. Right? You know what I'm talking about. What's the agenda of the enemy? He'll steal, destroy. Okay, so this is what God does. He places value on our lives, promises abundant life, and an everlasting life. It's a complete contradiction. And so I tell you this because I had to move in a place in my life where because of things and doors that I opened up to the enemy as a, as a young girl into some teenage years, I had to learn how, what I had in Jesus. And it was more than salvation. And that's, that's a place that I want to go into in a minute. But it was more than salvation. It was, and, and when I say more than salvation, it was more than the moment of accepting Jesus into my heart. It was the everything that came in salvation that I needed to step into. 
So here's a couple more things I want to share you really with you really quick. I had this gangster dream, okay? And basically the gangster dream is about inheritance. And what was happening is I went to a place to go get inheritance and there was like compromising and things that was going on like in the dream. And I left, um, I felt fear and I left and I just went out from that place. But something began to occur in me and I went back a second time because I knew that there were things that I had not received that I needed to receive. And this time I was going back without fear. And the environment began to shift a little bit. And a gangster walks up to me and puts Play-Doh into my hand. Play-Doh. Play, and you could even, there's a lot of play on words right there. It's moldable. About the Lord's the potter and I'm the clay. Play-Doh. Like just put things into my hands. But here was the catch. He only put it into my hands because he thought it was no value. It's the only reason why he let me have it. And so as I began to play with it in my hands, it began to form into something. And the gangster realized that value was happening to it in my hands. And as it turned into <laughs> what was so fun and what the Lord began to minister to me, there's a, there's a pear tree story about our family, which I'm not going to get into. It keeps growing, actually. It's so awesome. But there's a thing about pears. And um, so it forms into a pear core in my hands. Who knows what's inside of a pear core? Seeds. Seeds are inside of a paracord. And the Lord began to minister to me about what was in my hands. And he said, even though there's been some generation of consumer mentality of the eating away, the seeds remain. Ask me what to do with them. And I said, well, praise God. Let's talk about seeds. So this is where the Lord began to minister to me about of a great value that sat within my hands. So let's go into Galatians 3.29. I'm going to give them a second to pull that up. The first of our many verses we're going to look at. Y'all good? Yeah? I'm really excited to tell you all of this. It is, it is a word for what the Lord is saying as we journey for right now. Hallelujah. So listen to Galatians 3.21. 3.29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and the heirs according to the promise. And so the Lord just began to remind me of who I am and the seeds and whose seed I come from and the inheritance that's on my life, amen? God ministered how he deposited this into me. And I wanna just say, this is gonna probably sound a little bit random, but you know, we pray to see like times and seasons, to understand what the Lord is doing up on the earth. And we seek the Lord in that way because we, we should know, right? We don't wanna be in the dark. And I will tell you guys that even in the journey of this message into the things that we're gonna go into, at one point I said to the don't say this to the Lord, okay? At one point I said to the Lord, could you, I did not ask you to tell me that. I actually said that to him. I did not ask you to tell me that. And he said, you said you would be a voice for me and that you wanted eyes to see and ears to hear. And then quickly the Lord showed me a picture of an ostrich with their head in the ground. And he said, is this what you're gonna do? Or do you want to see? I said, fine. <laughs> fine. Really, like the Lord's so fun. He is so fun. He will give us the things that we need to connect to. And so I'm seeing this picture here. And the next part that I want to go, well, let me just say, at, right here in this moment too, the guy that wrote Gangster's Paradise, he died at 59 at the end of last year. And I did not know that when I was preparing for this. And the Lord just beginning, began to minister to me about the end of an error. The end of an error of an extreme taking of the enemy. And the thing is, is I already knew that the Lord was ministering to that to me because the, this entire year, going into this whole year, I feel like all I can hear and see around everything that the Lord is showing me is the Lion of Judah roaring. Yes. Yes. Roaring. 
Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom. Go free. Like this is the roar that is like saturated on everything where there's been a difficulty even and there's been promises and things you've heard from the Lord and you're like, I need to go step into that place of the more. I'm telling you, there is a roar over your life and there is a roar over my life and it's a roar that can be heard across the earth, not just in one place. And there's a great releasing. There's a great releasing. There's a year of a great releasing and freedom. And I love what even a bunch of the kids showed even this morning. It, was, it speaks to that. There's a releasing and they know it. Listen, y'all, exactly how deep of things do they have to be released from? They have things because they're kids, but their parents constantly and all of us, grandparents, whoever influences their life, are going to continue to speak into them for the more and the freedom. The older we get, we know the great things that come up on that we need to be released from. And I am telling you, there is a roar over your life for a great release from the Lord. Amen. Okay, I want to talk to you about Jesus's inheritance really quick. So we're going to go to Psalms 2, 7, and 8. So remember I said we were going to talk about Jesus's inheritance, your inheritance, and how to help other people step into their inheritance. And this is so important because this is the revival things that are going on right now. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And it's so absolutely important. I'm gonna plant the nugget again and we're gonna go there a little deeper, but it's so important for us to know just how saved we are. Just how saved we are. So I'll hit on more in that in just a minute. But Psalms 2, 7, and 8 So here's a picture right here we're going to read. So this is Jesus declaring what the Father has said to me. I've heard it been said that this is even a time after um, Jesus was risen from the dead and that the commission to the disciples was about to go forward, that Jesus came and he put himself onto the cross for us for such a beautiful picture to continue to unravel and unfold a freedom up on the earth but there was more, another conversation happening between the father and the son. And this is, a, this is a clip of this right here. And it says, I declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. This is, this is the everything. This is the everything. And and God the Father actually says to the Son, ask me. And I'm going to tell you, he did. He did ask. Because here, we're going to go fast forward, and let's go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You doing all right? Yes? It's all going to come together in a really good picture. I promise you that. So kids, you know this. This is the Great Commission. Actually, over in children's ministry, we spent like a long time actually just learning the Great Commission because this is vital for us to understand what we have been commissioned to. Okay, so here it is, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and he spoke to them, to the disciples and says, here we go. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here it is. Jesus has done everything that needed to be done. He paid all the price and he did all of the asking for the full possession of all of the nations. And here, what do we get commissioned to do? Go get them. (laughs) Go get them. Like, we don't need to complicate it any more than that. Like, there is an authority now that has been placed within us to go get them, right? Okay, so then I want to jump really quick to um, Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. So this is so important. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. Hallelujah. In him also we have obtained what? An inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. 
that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, you all also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So here we go. We have been told, we have authority. We have been told that we have obtained an inheritance okay, and that the Holy Spirit has promised this within us. This is a sealed promise to us. Um, And then down here again at 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So I love that. It goes goes on and on and on. So I want to share with you a little bit of personal revelation about inheritance because I, I felt like all of that was just kind of loading up to this moment. Actually, to say to you, that it's so vital that we understand how saved we are. Because what I deal with, I talk to people a lot about the Lord and I pray with people a lot. And a question I ask people, um, hurting, broken, oppressed, and the compassion of the Lord is just flooding out upon them, is have you ever received Jesus into your life? And do you want to know what a lot of people will say to me? I have. But what is before me? Captivity. <laughs> that, that's what I'm seeing before me. I'm seeing addiction, oppression, lack, lack everywhere. People in laying down positions being over and over and over again. So what's going on? <laughs> so what, like, what's happening? So I, this, is, this is a word from the Lord of the what's happening. People need to know how saved they are. So in the how saved we are, this is some things I want to talk to you about. Saved and salvation in the New Testament. There's about seven different key areas, and I'm actually going to put this to go up on to like our Facebook because if there was a place that I was going to tell you you needed to meditate with the Lord until... I mean, stay there until you receive a personal revelation about how saved you are and the inheritance that is upon your life. You need to stay there because it's from that place that you're going to radically see great freedom on your life and for you to cause other people to step into great freedom. Okay, so you guys have heard some of these. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of bust through them really quick. So I'm not going to look up these verses. You can hear a couple of my references. What I did in these seven different areas, which is like saved, which is I'm gonna go to heaven. Whoop, whoop. There's other things in that. But I mean, that's the big thing, right? Like everybody's like, I'm going to heaven. Yes, you accepted Jesus into your heart. You believed on him by faith. Yes, the finished work of the cross. Yes, yes, you're going to heaven. Okay, so let me talk about the rest of what happened. Delivered, preserved, protected, prospered, healed, and whole. So I begin to journey with the Lord for personal revelation. I, I don't want to hear secondhand information. Moments like this, and even what I'm saying to you right now, it will cause a stir and an unction from the Holy Spirit to go in and get the more. But we have to hold personal revelation from the word of God about what the word says so that we can activate it fully into our lives. So here's what the Lord talked to me about some things with, I'm not going to look these up, but with saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, through faith and not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. Yes. Simple, just, just simple. I just threw one verse at you. There's, it's over and over and over again. Here's another one. Delivered, Psalms 32, 7. It says, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from the trouble in my day and you surround me with songs of deliverance. I ended up writing an entire song with the Lord based off of that verse in scripture. Just worshiping. You preserve me. You hide me. Surround me. I had a day in my house where I said, show me. Like David did this. He was surrounded by songs of deliverance. And he sang them out and we got to hear that. And so I literally said to the Lord, surround me, surround me with a song of deliverance over my life. Let it continue to pour and pour and pour. Why? Because I know that the deliverer came and I see an area that I'm stuck in and I need to get from here 
to hear. So surround me again. Surround me again. And I just began to praise and worship the Lord and wrote an entire song about being hidden in him, about being preserved in him, and about him surrounding me with songs of deliverance. It's my go-to. It made it all become alive to me. And I said, thank you, Lord. So that's like always there. So that hits preserved. Protected, Psalms 91. Man, we had kids talking about who said Psalms 91 this morning, kids. Who did it? East, Wyatt, yeah. Radical truth, personal revelation about our protector. Yes? Go read Psalms 91. Just hang out. It's the whole thing. It's the whole chapter. It's the whole kit and caboodle. And it's only one chapter in an entire word of God. But it talks to you about what you have in Jesus. It's so good, right? And I, we saw people, hallelujah, when we went through COVID crap, that we saw people begin to declare on such a high magnitude, Psalms 91. And I'm telling you, we watched ourselves and many other in the kingdom of God become the protected. We are the protected. That's what we declare and we speak over our lives. Prospered, John 3, 1 through 2. (laughs) Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What is your soul? We have a spirit, soul, and body. What is your soul? Mind, will, emotions. So it's talking about an alignment that is going on of prosperity. And I'm not just talking about finances. Like people will be like, do you guys preach prosperity? Yes. Yes, because the word of God does. But why, why do you even, why do you, why do you twist and contort it to this place of personal finance? Do we believe that our God of the heavens and the earth with streets of gold wants lack on his people? No, so I'll talk about money too. <laughs> but it's, it's a whole thing. Like he literally says, prosper in all things and, and be in health as your soul prospers, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Grab a hold of what you have. Hallelujah. So healed. This is fun. This was my personal one. Psalms 107.20. And what's so funny to me is this was actually the verse that was the cover. It's the cover on Pastor Ken's book. And I saw the book, um, his cover, and I thought, well, that's my spoken word from the Lord. That book cover right there, that verse that you chose right there. I absolutely love it. So if you don't have that, I encourage you to go get that because it's a beautiful, bite-sized, powerful nuggets from the word of God to help you walk out what Jesus has paid for in healing. And so this is what it says. He sent his word and healed them. But listen to the other part. That's what's on the front of the book. He sent his word and healed them. We could have just stopped right there. But delivered them from their destructions. Does anybody feel like you brought it on? (laughs) Right? I I have. I've been like, oh, gone it. (laughs) If I wouldn't have this, that, or the other, if I would have done this, that, or the other, and I maybe wouldn't be struggling with this, that, or the other right now. Well, here's what I'm going to say to you. He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from your destructions. Okay? Whole kit and caboodle. There's grace. There's grace in a verse. (laughs) Over and over and over again. But I'm so, so grateful for it. So here's what I want to go into, the very next thing. So those are those seven things. I'm going to encourage you, hang around in what we have an inheritance from the Lord. Because this is the place. So when people say to me, um, they've invited Jesus into their heart then ministry at that point from me to them, from the Lord to them begins to look very different. Because now what I'm gonna minister to them is about what they have in salvation and let the word of God do what it's intended to do, to break through, (laughs) to break through. If you are my disciples, you will abide in my word. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What do we do with people that don't know how to get into the word? We know the truth. We deliver the truth. It will help set them free. Like, this is what we do. So we abide. We choose to abide for the sake of us, but for the sake of other people. Because sometimes it's, it's the only moment. And it's the moment that's gonna cause something more to begin to come onto their life. Hallelujah. So here we, here we go. I wanna talk about this. We receive by faith and continue in faith. So when we talk about everything with inheritance, it is so vital and key to understand how we step in to the more. 
faith. We step into the more in faith. We've stepped into it through faith, through faith in Jesus, and we continue in it through faith. So let's go to Romans 4, 16 through 22. Y'all doing okay? Yeah? Thank you, Father God. Actually, everybody stand up for just a minute. Let's pray. Father God, as we transition right now into another part, (laughs) Father, we just put our hands, I'm gonna ask you guys just to put your hands and open them up before the Lord and say, Father, I have eyes to see and ears to hear and my heart is open. Amen. Amen. That's all I wanted you to do. Hallelujah. So we receive by faith. So Romans 4, 16 through 22. Is it up there? It's a coming. All right, here we go. So therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are in the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Listen to that. I'm gonna take you somewhere else in a minute. There's seed there, and what does Abraham do? Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which did not exist as though they did. He's agreeing with the word of the Lord right here. Who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, and hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. That's funny. And deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God. He did not look at the natural. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. I love this. And I wanna go back and hit this thing right here because we're gonna move on into, I've talked to you about Jesus's inheritance. I've talked to you about your inheritance. Listen, you are his inheritance. I am his inheritance. The nations are his inheritance. Do we think that he is deserving of all of it? for everything that he paid the price for. That's the commission. That's the commission. But when we go in the commission, I've talked to you about your inheritance. It is vital that we understand what we fully have in Jesus. There's a great inheritance. Has anybody been left an inheritance? Yeah, only a couple. Well, hallelujah. Let me ask the question again. Has anybody been left an inheritance? One more time. Has anybody been left an inheritance? If you have asked Jesus into your heart, every hand, if not both, should be up in the room. Hallelujah. Get my praise hands. I mean, for real. Like, people do not understand that there is a beauty for not just later. There's an abundant for here now. (laughs) The same one who came to kill, steal, and destroy, the one who has victory came so that we could have life and life abundantly. Tell someone. Tell someone. And then you let faith arise in you that the same thing that Jesus did for you is the same thing he's doing for them. It's not naturalized that we look at. Abraham's like, I'm 100 years old, right? Sarah, she's, what, 100 years old. Like, now, I mean, we don't have babies when we're 100 years old. But he said, it's okay. But contrary to hope, and hope, I believe. (laughs) 
that what God has said, he's well able to perform it and do it. Can we just believe him? Can we just say, I by faith accept and receive the inheritance that Jesus paid for. And not only, Father, will I go and hang out in eternity and glory with you, but in the here and now, I will help Jesus have all of his inheritance. You can send me to nations, which is my neighbor next door. In the middle of while I was preparing yesterday, my neighbor next door called. And I was like, hmm, I'm really in it with Jesus. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, you are in it with me. So get up, your neighbor needs you, <laughs> right? I mean, that, like, that's a real thing that we need to just let the Lord flip the switch. Like, why do we know and have the inheritance we have? Is it just for us? Is it for generations and for the more and the people and for Jesus to continue to have all of the inheritance that he paid the price for? It's that, <laughs> it's that. But what do we know happens for us? The all of it, the all of it's for us too. He didn't leave us out of the equation. It's us and the more. Amen? Okay, so here's what I want to share with you. So where are we at? We're doing good. You guys okay? So let's, let's spend some time. So we've talked about Jesus' inheritance, your inheritance. Please go dig in with the Lord until it all becomes rhema and spoken to you because this is what's going to change and position things in your life. I'm, I promise you that. I promise you that. There's a strength and an endurance that comes upon your life. An endurance, did you hear? <laughs> you will endure. <laughs> we are overcomers. We will endure. How do we do it? By the blood of the lamb. <laughs> by the blood of the lamb. That's how we do it. And by the word of our testimony, which even in the passion says his testimony. Same, same, his testimony, my testimony. It's all the same. It's good. Hallelujah. Okay, so there is a gathering happening and we are in a dispensation of grace. So here's my radical flip to the next thing that I wanna tell you. This is about um, going and seeing other people receive their inheritance, you being the sent ones. And I'm just gonna tell you that, that this thing right here that I'm about to release over the next like 20 minutes, you can do it, right? You can do it. Grab a hold of it. <laughs> the next like 20 minutes, I yesterday wanted to stop and I said to the Lord, that's, I, I did. Like I had some things I kind of want to tell you, which I'm going to tell you about Joshua, which is really good. But I, I literally said to the Lord, I think I didn't ask you to tell me that. <laughs> and so it's this word dispensation. But because here's the thing, like when I, when I hear words like that, my head starts going like this a little bit. And then, and I, and I think, what, uh, somebody else can talk about what's coming. <laughs> like that's what I think a little bit. Like somebody else can talk about what's coming. There's, there's like seven dispensations, we're in the sixth one, okay? So I literally text message Pastor Kent, who I think everybody knows that's my brother also. So I text message him. I don't even care that he's gone doing his own thing. He, he, is, he is my person that I'm going to message about Bible things. <laughs> so I was like, hey, so I was like, I was just with the Lord, and he's talking to me about this word dispensation, and, um, you know, we're in the sixth one, and it's the grace one, and it's the church, and it's the Jesus age, and then Jesus is going to come, and it's going to be the seventh one, the thousand-year millennial reign, and what would you like to say to me about this? <laughs> this is basically my, I kid you not, he's probably like, and I'm like, you've talked about these things. This, this is what I do, okay? So I'm about to tell you some things right now by the Spirit of God. He had to put a strength up on me for me to boldly declare to you what he is saying because my natural self wanted to go tuck away on the inside. I had this moment in Brazil several years ago where this demon-possessed woman manifested right in front of me. And you wanna know what my first response was? Marianne remembers probably. Go get my brother, <laughs> I am not kidding. I am not kidding. I said, go get my brother because he was not in the room with me. And I thought, she is, it's all happening right now in front of us. And Dane was there and Dale and Marianne were in the room. I don't remember who else was in the room. And so I literally was like, go get my brother. 
And so then I stop and I've already got my hands on this woman and it's already all happening. And listen, when a, when a demon starts to manifest, it ain't no problem because you know what it is. He's already, he's already a defeated foe. When that garbage starts manifesting out of somebody, you know what it is? He's already, the enemy's already lost. He already like removed himself from whatever covering that person was kind of giving them. And then he just came out and went, and you're like, go in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, just leave. Jesus, leave. Right now, Jesus' name, leave. So, so that's what it turned into. And, and it went. And so, so I'm like, where's my brother? And I was like, no, no, I cannot wait. It's all happening right now. And we're like, come out in Jesus' name. Leave. Go. Get out. Be well. And she's like, oh. I mean, it was a real thing. <laughs> and we did not waver. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because why? I know my inheritance. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He is a defeated foe. I can do those things and so can you. I'm not putting up with the enemy's garbage. This is part of me helping people step into their inheritance. If you see something on somebody that does not belong and they are revealing it to you, then agree in Jesus' name that it is gone. Right? This woman was, she, she ate. She spoke another language, y'all. I didn't even know. It was the compassion of the Lord that sought her out. I said, where's the woman? Where's the woman? I heard that somebody is upset right now because they didn't receive a gift from us. Where's the woman? That was it. That's what took us to the woman. And when we got to the woman, it was like, shikalahamana. Okay. Freedom. Amen? There's a great thing that the Lord, the, Jesus was moved with compassion towards people. This is what moved him to see people just be free. Amen? Okay, so I'm gonna go back to dispensation. Okay, so I said to Kent, like, uh, I, I have to, the Lord told me I have to talk about this. And so Kent said, funny you would say that, because while they were all traveling to their trip, this was the day before this happened to him, and now I'm telling him the next day this whole thing. They were traveling on their trip, and um, he said, we were just listening to a message on the dispensation that we are in. And it was by Pastor Bob Yandian. And he said, so I'm gonna send that to you. That was, that was for you, and so here you go. So I listened to passage uh, by Pastor Bob Yandian. There was a lot of things the Lord had already shown me, but here's um, one piece that I wanted to tell you that was specific from that message, is it's by faith. God has been moving through dispensations, meaning errors of administration of the things of God. I, I, can't, I can't even complicate it anymore for you than that because that's all I can say. Things that God is doing in different seasons and eras of time since the beginning until the return of Christ. So we are in one, okay? And it is a grace one and it is a Jesus one and it is the longest one that has lasted thus far. And it is important that we recognize the one that we are in. So go to Ephesians 1.10. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to get it out. Okay, that in the dispensation of the fullness of this times, he might gather, everybody say gather. Yes. To get, yes, all in one, all things in Christ, both which are in the heaven and which are in the earth in him. It's like a of heaven and earth. We live under an open heaven. <laughs> we are in the age of Jesus. That is the dispensation we are in and it is the grace dispensation. And there is a great gathering that is going on that the Lord is doing. So here I want to talk about Joshua for just a few minutes. In this place of gathering, I know that the Lord, I actually thought this is where this whole message was going to start. Because since the beginning of the year, the Lord has been ministering to me about Joshua. I went back and read through the whole entire book of Joshua, and the Lord just wrecked me with things I'd never seen before. And so I'm going to show a few of them to you. So first of all, let me paint a quick picture. The Lord is looking for Joshua's in this dispensation that we are in. Moses wanted to enter Canaan. They want to go to the promised land. He sends out spies. He sends out Caleb and Joshua. And here's where probably for the next 10 minutes, y'all, I'm just going to go... And then you go back and listen to it, okay? Because it's, it's so vital. It's so key. So Caleb and Joshua, 
are part of the tribes that go in. And what do we know about Caleb and Joshua? They're the only ones that decided to come back with a good report, okay? So let's look really quick here at um, Numbers 14, 6 through 10. Kaylin, you're doing such an awesome job. She's just running it back there. Is it up? Yes. Okay, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of blah, 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 who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all, they tore their clothes. They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, because what's happening right here is like the children of Israel, okay, listen, they have promised land they're trying to go into, and everybody comes back and gives a report, and like 10 of them are like, no, ah. And Caleb and Joshua are like, hey. So they're so upset about what everybody else is saying. They've tore their clothes, and, they, and then he says, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out, it's exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So they did not get stoned. Okay, so they're trying to tell people, there's more, there's a promised land, let's go get it. God said to go get it. And how do the people respond? I'm gonna throw a stone at you. Shut your mouth. Like, come on. Like they're trying to, right? They already have like a promise from the Lord. Okay, so let's keep going. Joshua knows something. This is why the Lord chose Joshua. So in kids' church, probably the biggest things we've talked about is the coming down of the wall of Jericho. Okay, yes. What led up into all of that? Why Joshua? Okay, so here's a couple things I wanna tell you really quick. And this is what the Lord had to do on my heart. Remember these things. Caleb's from the tribe of Judah. Joshua is from the tribe of Ephraim. This matters, okay? We're gonna go back. You're gonna hear me say that again. So here's, here's a piece I wanna say to you. Why Joshua? Joshua knows it's not about him. This is what the Lord showed me, okay? So Deuteronomy 31, seven and eight. So what's happening here is Moses already knows he's not going in. <laughs> he already knows. Moses already knows that Joshua's gonna go in. And listen to the language. Now, Joshua has an inheritance himself, right? We've already established. He's from the tribe of Ephraim. All of the tribes are supposed to have an inheritance, right? Okay, so listen. This is what the Lord is looking for. Are you ready? Okay, Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, that's a lot of people, be strong, and of good courage, for you must go with these people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Oh, did your eyes just go? What, what's happening here? It's like as if Joshua ain't even one of them. It's like Moses is saying to him, Joshua, you are chosen because you are not going to make it about yourself the Lord is going to use you for the people to go step into their inheritance. Okay, so another verse, Joshua 1.6. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We are Joshua's. <laughs> I am a Joshua. Be strong, here we keep going. Okay, so now like Moses is out of the picture. Joshua 1.6 at the beginning of the book. Joshua has to remind himself. <laughs> Joshua has to remind the people, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Remember, people just tried to stone him for taking them into the promised land. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Like, I can hear it. Like, I say this to myself sometimes. I know you want to hurt me right now because I'm pushing you. Be strong and courageous, Katie. Be strong and courageous. You're helping people step into the more. I cause people to go into their inheritance. <sighs> This is a song I sing in my head. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Be strong and courageous. We, our church vision statement is building strong people, building strong churches. Be strong and courageous. You cause people to step into their inheritance. Okay? So be strong and, good, be strong and of good courage. 
For to this people you shall divide an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. What do we hear again? Inheritance coming, promises, still not about Joshua, to them. I swore to their fathers to give to them. Not saying, I swore to your fathers to give to you, Joshua. Like it's important that we see this. And the Lord says, I am looking for Joshua's that will not make it about them. Okay, let's keep going. So I'm gonna catch you up a little more. Joshua 18, by the time we get to Joshua chapter 18, I didn't give you that verse, Kaylin. Kaylin, you could go to Joshua 19, 49 through 50 though. I'm going there next, just don't pull it up yet. So Joshua 18, some tribes had not yet received their inheritance even though it was told to them it was theirs because they didn't possess it. That's what the word says. This is happening in chapter 18 of Joshua. There were some of the tribes who had not received their inheritance because even though things had been declared to them, they did not possess it. They did not go in. This is why all the wars went on, y'all. This is why the Jericho walls came down. This is why we went on and on. This is why the battle of all of the everythings and David and Goliath and Deborah. And I mean, it just keeps going, okay? It's just like, it keeps happening. War after war after war. Why? There's an inheritance to go walk into that Jesus who was coming was going to pay the price for and land acquisition, literal land acquisition was vital at this point for, this, for the spreading of the gospel, which was to come. What do we know now? We pretty much have inhabited the earth, <laughs> right? Like we're all over the place. We've discovered it all. What is our commission? Go get in it. <laughs> go possess it. And this is not about like, let me have that land. That's gangster. That's gangster. That's not it. This is about, don't be a gangster. This is about you saying, I'm going to walk in with the kingdom of God and where the kingdom of God and heaven have not been in authority and residing in this place. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to in this business. It's going to in this home. It's going to in this hospital. A patient called the hospital the other day when I was house supervisor. I didn't take care of the patient. They were discharged the day before. And um, it was by divine appointment that patient called back the next day. And I just began to, I, I walked into a patient room that was empty, still in earshot of other people. I wasn't trying to be it. Just like I was on the phone and I was just like, oh, I'm doing this whole job. And the Lord was like, oh, talk about me. And so the guy calls and I'm like, Jesus says, I mean, like over the phone. And he's like, yeah, are you saved? Yeah, then let's have the more. Yeah, we can agree together. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, we just do this with people, right? So it's not gangster. Everybody wins. (laughs) It isn't some win and some lose. Everybody wins, okay? Okay, so Joshua 19, 49 through 50. Are you guys doing good? Okay, so Joshua 19, 49 through 50. When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance, according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city, which he asked for. Timoth, Syrah, I think maybe, in the mountains of where? Ephraim. And he built the city and he dwelt in it. So here's things I want to show you, two key things about these verses right here. Joshua is their commander and leader. Do you think that after everything is divided out and he being of the tribe of Ephraim should have to ask for a place in which to put down some of his own roots and have his inheritance? Hmm. But yeah, he did. But yeah, he did. Why? Because Joshua had determined from the very beginning that it was not about him. It was about them. And God is looking for Joshua's. But what did Joshua still end up with? An inheritance, a place to build his city with his tribe, with his people in which he came from. Okay. 
This is where I'm gonna close and I need like 10 more minutes, okay? Can you do it? And then I'm gonna close. Okay, so I've said to you, Jesus has an inheritance. We have an inheritance. We cause others to step into their inheritance. This is the last thing I wanna share with you. And we were praying together right before service and um, Joanne was like, Oh, Ezekiel. <laughs> the Lord's talking to me about Ezekiel. And I was like, I'm ending in Ezekiel. Yes, he is. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to end something in Ezekiel that is so important. It's a, this is a posture. Because I can say to you, go in. And you can say to me, how do we go in? <laughs> do I just, hey. <laughs> do I like, like, how do we go? Like, right? We practically are asking ourselves in every situation with people of, I have an inheritance. You're going to get yours. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, this feels a little scary. This feels a little messy. Whatever. So here's what I'm going to say to you about it. First of all, don't make it about you. And say what God says and speak what he says and do existence by faith. Okay? So that's what we saw Abraham do. You can go back. You can meditate in those scriptures in Romans. That's what you need to do, okay? So here's Ezekiel 37. This is what the Lord was speaking to me about right now, the church, where we're at, things we need to be saying. So I'm not gonna read Ezekiel 37. This is a beautiful chapter. So it's talking about dry bones. Yes, who knows what I'm talking about a little bit when I say dry bones. Okay, so it's talking about dry bones. And so there's this conversation with Ezekiel and the Lord, and he's telling him to prophesy things. And the Lord's like, tell those dry bones to come alive. So Ezekiel's like, dry bones come alive. And then God's like, okay, now tell those dry bones to have breath in them, breath of God, call in the winds, breath of God, and the armies will rise up, okay? Okay, so we have been doing that as a church. The Lord started ministering to this to me several weeks ago, that we have been doing that as a church. And so here's a very key piece of part three of Ezekiel 37 that I wanna say to you. Those two things happen. And here is what happened then. And this starts at verse 11. You don't have to pull it up, Kaylin. Then he said to me, remember these two prophecies have already happened. He's already declared two things. Dry bones come alive, breath of God come into them and armies rise up. But this is what they said. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And they indeed say the house of Israel they're imagine, okay? They're like in the ground, they were dry. They're now erected and they're up. Skin has come back on, flesh has come back on. This is what he's seeing prophetically in the spirit. This is a captivity of Judah that's going on in this place, specific, specifically when Ezekiel's talking here and um, to the more of what's coming. And so that's the picture of what he's seeing and the breath being there. But then he says, our bones, this is what he's saying, that like the dry bones are saying with the breath of God in them. This is what he says they're saying. Our bones are dry, our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. So here's where we are, you guys. This is how we're gonna help people step into their inheritance. We've been declaring dry bones to come alive. Addie during worship was going, come alive, come alive. Come alive, come alive. Breathe. I have dreams about resuscitating people and them breathing. I have dreams about commanding the breath of God into them while I'm doing compressions on their chest. We have been telling dry bones to come alive and for the breath of God to be in them. Now we are gonna deposit hope on a great level. The victor has won. The enemy has been defeated. <laughs> he has been defeated. And there's an inheritance for people to step into and there is hope. In revival, one of the things I heard one of the young people say at the Asbury Revival is we're seeing hope. Yes, yes, you should. Yes, you should and we are hope tellers. So here's what happened then. So the Lord hears this and he says, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, my people, I will open your graves and I will cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, I, you are my people and I brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you into your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord and have spoken it and performed it. So here it is. They're like, we didn't have hope. <laughs> this is the final thing. The army is erected and the breath of God is into them. 
and they're still without hope. And he says, oh, but there is. I'm going to bring you into the land. So we declare for dry bones to live, the breath of God to come in, and we establish hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. It isn't not getting the thing that somebody was hoping for. It was the fact that they deferred hope made their heart sick. Deposit hope. Pour buckets of hope onto people. Choose wisely as you cause people to step into their inheritance. Here's like the last couple of things I want to say to you. So the Lord has been speaking this for a very long time. This is where I'll just tell you now. It's beyond my, beyond my normal scholarly comprehension. <laughs> I could barely even use the word scholarly. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, this, is, this feels like complex, but yet the Lord's made it so simplistic. And I argued with the Lord about telling you this part. And he said, no, Katie, you see right. You see right, so say what I say. So here's the thing is that in Ezekiel 37, when we go on to the next few verses, I shared this with Kathy and I said, I don't know what the Lord is saying. Now the Lord has told me what he's saying. When it went past these verses in verse 37, started about verse 15, there's another conversation about a stick of Judah and a stick of Ephraim, which is Joseph's tribe, coming together into one stick and that there would be one king and David is mentioned here. So here's the key things I'm going to tell you about what the Lord is doing right now. Is remember that Caleb, who was going into the promised land, was from the tribe of Judah. And Joshua, Joseph also from the tribe of Ephraim. So these verses right after Ezekiel, Ezekiel, and here's what's important. Understand, this is going to make your mind go, oh yeah, Ezekiel was in about the 50, about the 580s B.C., Okay, so about 580 years before Christ. David was about 970s years before Christ. See the huge gap between them? And then let's back it up further. Joshua was about the 1400s BC. And then let's go way, way back. Almost at the beginning is Joseph in the 1880s BC. But here's Ezekiel chapter 37, talking about what's coming. And who does he reference? A long journey that the Lord has already been on. He references the tribe of Judah, Caleb. He references the tribe of Ephraim, Joshua, becoming one. One king and David. And David reigning too. David's been dead a long time. Like, just let your head sit in it for a second. The Lord has been saying, he is the same God. He has been saying and prophesying the same agenda for a very long time. We win. We win. Go in. Take possession. Help people step into their inheritance. Like, like almost a thousand year later, Ezekiel's declaring this. Like sometimes when I'm in the word, I'm like, where's the order? <laughs> I had to go get up timelines. I'm like, who's doing what, when, right now? Like, no, like David's been dead a long time and Ezekiel's talking about him. These tribes at the very beginning of taking promised land, Ezekiel went back there and the Lord's telling him these things. And then what that rest of that chapter's talking about is the reign of Jesus. There's a reign of Jesus. So I will tell you guys, we are in a gathering place. <laughs> the Lord is gathering to himself. We are to deposit hope up on the earth. He is looking for a remnant. Will you be the remnant? <laughs> Let's go to 1 Samuel 15, 29. I have two verses and we're gonna end. 1 Samuel 15, 29. <laughs> So this is after Saul knew he wasn't going to be king anymore. And then he's like, I found someone else. <laughs> and, and like Samuel's telling Saul, and it's, you know, it's hard for him to hear. Just whatever. So he just wasn't doing it. He, he, he just couldn't keep his heart before the Lord, right? And he would make things about him. And the Lord was finding a man after his own heart, okay, that wouldn't make it about him. 
Okay, so there's a shift going on. Here's what happens. Right after Samuel's like telling Saul, it's not you anymore, someone else is getting it, okay? So this, <laughs> this is what the Lord says. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent for he is not a man that he should relent. The strength of Israel is God. And also God of Israel will not lie nor relent for he is not a man that he should relent. And then Samuel goes on to talk about David. It's like this, these verses just go right in the middle of, oh, you're not it anymore. And David's coming just right here. And what the Lord is saying is it's actually not about Saul or about David. I'm looking for people that will not make it about them because I am a God who doesn't relent. I don't relent. <laughs> I don't let up. I'm not a man that I should lie. That's who we're partnered with. <laughs> That's who we're partnered with. I love it. Yes. And here's my last verse. Romans 1 and 5. I have been meditating around in this verse because in all of this stuff, we can go, oh, Lord. Whew. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so here, let me deposit some hope on your heart. And this is where we're gonna, and I'm going to ask the worship team actually to come up, and we're going to do one song, and we are going to do, what are we doing? Tell me the name. Yeah, you know. Come on, we talked about it. Oh, that's the power. He looked at me like, I was like, we talked about this. That's the power. Because what I believe is as we just praise our way out today is that when you worship to this song, something like your eyes are opened up. There, there is a different thing upon you right now as we go into worship together. And then when it's done, prayer ministers will be up here. If you want prayer for something, come and agree with people and step into the more. Hallelujah. Do it. <laughs> Do it. That's what we're here for. So prayer ministers will come up here at the end of this song. Come get prayed over. Everybody else, you can go, but it's going to be so good. So here's the last verse I want to give you. Romans 1 and 5. Romans 1 and 5. It's coming. Because Kaylin's on it. There she is. Okay. So Romans 1 and 5. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to say to you. We have received all the grace, and apostleship means commissioning. We have received all of the grace and all of the commissioning for obedience to the faith. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.